0: Stage and screen actor Brian Batt is best known for his Mad Men character, Sal Romano, the closeted gay art director for the Sterling Cooper Agency. In real life, Brian is anything but the tortured soul he plays on Mad Men, but rather a cheerful, positive New Orleans native who welcomed me into his beautiful, historic home near the French Quarter, offered me a cool drink and a tour of his home, being the gracious New Orleanian to his core. In celebration of Mad Men's last season, we revisit my 2014 conversation with Brian. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. One of Brian Bat's first memorable jazz experiences was not the music of his native city, but rather the more theatrical take on early jazz in the film Thoroughly Modern Millie.
1: I think some of the songs on that... Uh Soundtrack were old song jazz songs like Jazz Baby, Do It Again, uh, Stumbling, Um, and my family my family was very theatrical and and they would at the moment's notice break into song and dance. And um, there was (laughs) you grew up in a musical. I I, I really did mainly dancing. My grandmother was a big. Dance Maven in New Orleans. Everyone, she taught practically the whole city how to dance. Old ladies still come up to me and say, your grandmother taught me how to dance and be a lady. <laughs> oh, that's so New Orleans. Yeah, it's My a, fantasy of New Orleans. Well, it is. And it's true. It's true. But uh, they would always have these wild themed parties. And I remember they're having this Roaring Twenties party. And I don't know whether the, the album cover inspired The Invitation or something, but that music was playing a lot. And I, I just fell in love with the whole jazz era.
2: Jimmy, oh, Jimmy.
0: You had told me something right before we started about changing the light bulbs. Oh
1: yes, at the Talk party. about that. I think that's so cool. Well, I mean, my family was if they the motto of my family if you're going to do it do it all the way don't, don't hold back. You know, my, at any party, we would never run out of booze or food. My father said, never let that happen. But this party, this 20s, this roaring 20s party, they took all the light bulbs out of all the lamps and all the fixtures in the house and replaced them with blue lights. So it kind of gave this, you know, speakeasy feel. All the women were in flapper outfits. The guys were needed with the Tommy guns and stuff. They put brought in a, I remember it was a year, I was I think I was five at the time or four. And they brought in a bathtub and that was supposed to be the bathtub gin. They had all the ice and making the drinks out of that. It was, They were fun they were fun people
0: you saying that they didn't do it in a small way or however you just said Mm -hmm. it that they went all the way Mm -hmm. you're reminding me i only took a couple years of piano lessons but one of the things that really stuck with me with this teacher who i didn't think was a great teacher but every now and then she came up with something great Mm -hmm. she said i don't want anything wimpy if you're gonna make a mistake if you're gonna do it because everybody automatically and it's a metaphor for life Mm -hmm. you always think oh i'm gonna do it and you hold back and she was saying go for For it." it
1: Well, it's true with acting. I too. love that. Well, it's, it's true. I, I think it's a, for life, like you said, and, and not just in the arts, but the only way you learn is to make a mistake. You know, then you learn, oh, don't do that again. You know, that didn't work. But unless you try something, how do you know it's not going to work? Mm-hmm. Unless you take a chance. That's why, you know, when you're improvising and you're acting and you're, you're working on a character, you, you, that's what rehearsal's for. Mm. That's when you stumble, that's when you fall and you pick yourself back up and you say, well, that didn't work. How about this?
0: Well, talk a little bit about that because I know some actors really like to improvise. Mm -hmm. Some don't. I've had it told. It was very interesting because I asked Robert Redford Mm -hmm. how he felt as a director when people said they wanted to try something different. And he laughed and said, well, I let them. I always let them. He said, it almost never works. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, just, but talk about that I for like your it own both process. Ways.
1: I like it both ways. I know that you can't really have it both ways, but I do like it both ways. Mm. I like, um, like with Mad Men, the scripts were so brilliantly written, mm. um, and the your the arc of the character and the, and the uh, storylines were so beautifully crafted that, you know, they were, why would you even Consider changing one word, and we were not allowed to. Mm. Everything was had to be word perfect. Um, I would think yeah. so. And it was, it's, you know, it's like Shakespeare. Why mess with it? Um, then sometimes there are some scripts that are loosely written, and the author wants what, and the director want what, what the actor can bring to it themselves. You know, they might have like I just did a wonderful. I hope I hope it, it does well. I don't know how it's going to be. It's a small independent film called Sam by. Um, uh, Mel Brooks's son oh, Nicholas Brooks That's
0: interesting and it's a
1: wonderful Wonderful um, Funny comedy And you know We d- shot the scenes You know As written And then he Let us play mm. Now You know Who knows If that's going to work who, I, I, There was some fun stuff That came out of it So Especially I think with comedy though I think you, you need To have that sense of Because you know what, what is funny Is the unexpected mm. And you know Sometimes that's The biggest laugh
0: You mentioned Mad Men, Mm -hmm. and I had specifically thought about that because not only is that a character, but you're in a specific time. You're recreating that, and I'm wondering, I I thought this is great, I can ask Brian, Mm -hmm. is it harder to improvise if... Everything has to really stay in that time frame. It's interesting because now you're in that character, right, of course. Right. You're in a character from another time. Right. But in a way, I would think it'd be even harder to improvise. Do you know what I'm asking? Yes. It's once a funny question. Done, once
1: you've done your homework. Mm. You know, one thing I realized a long time ago that over the years, the way manners and, and the way people acted and interacted with people is very much a part of, of a character um, and of a time period. Also, the clothing—believe it or not—helps. You know, um, the the way the suits were constructed at that time, smaller armholes, it actually pulls your shoulders back. You have to sit a certain way. You can't. You know, you're not as comfortable, and it worked perfectly for this character because Sal was not comfortable in his own skin. Um, and, and you
0: were very put together on hell, that show. Deaf. Always, he was very yeah.
1: Janie Bryant is a brilliant costume designer. Yeah. I really, I mean, I knew you know great costume designers. You know, I've luckily worked with some wonderful. Wonderful ones. William might be long on Broadway. There's a bunch, um, but there's something what she did with the just the simplest little thing like texture or one one of my favorite stories is um, I was filming my first big scene. You know, I had little lines here and there, little scenes, but it was in season one when um, the, the character was uh, taken out to dinner and the propose yeah, the guy came on to him, and I wasn't nervous. I was just excited and and well, I wanted to get it right. You know and um, it was the first season. Anyway, uh, I went to my trailer and looked, and she had a vest that I was going to wear with little embroidered fleur-de-lis on it. And she goes, well, that's for New Orleans. That's for you.
0: Oh.
1: So it was of these little things like, oh, my home is with me. And um, anyway. so just, beautiful. Yeah, she's, she's an amazing talent. And so account. sensitive. So she's my favorite. She's a love bug. Um, I adore her. But, what you were but it saying, gets you in character. It does, it helps. I mean, a friend of mine, Harriet Harris, once said, she's a brilliant actress. Uh, she said, I don't know who I am until I put my wig on. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know she was kidding. But, you know, also when you look at yourself as the character, that, that really helps the external, you know, as beside, in addition to the internal. Because also, it is a visual medium, yeah. what we're doing. So, you know, to look the part, it, it's very important.
3: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Crazy Cox. It gives me great pleasure this evening to welcome Brian Bat. <laughs>
4: Home is where the heart is and I'm home. I know where my heart is, I came home. I found other faces, I filled other spaces, but no other place is quite like home. So I got to move on, I came home. Nothing and improve on what's back home with friends that'll need me and love that'll feed me all paths seem to lead me home it's so great to be back home in London. my
0: crazy guest Fox actor singer brian bat recorded on stage at crazy cox at the brasseries adele in london i'm judy carmichael and this is jazz inspired Brian feels the clothes he wears in a play or film are an essential part in his realizing the character he's playing. Brian is just as particular when performing his one-man show and not playing a character.
1: Especially in solo performing, it's very, you know, very difficult. Like, you know, I, you know I do my one-man show and I'm going back to London to Crazy Cox in June and then July, at the end of June I'll be all over Australia, uh, Sydney, Melbourne and uh, Brisbane and then Auckland. And who knows where else? Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I do have, I do need to take a few moments to just, you know, focus and then go. But I am kind of a fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants mm-hmm. kind of guy. But like you said, being comfortable. You know, my, my uniform on, on stage is, you know, a V-neck black T-shirt and a black suit. Mm. And no socks. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I just don't like but socks. But it works for you, though. But it works for me. And, 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 and Alex, Alex Fain said to mm-hmm. me, this, you really ought to put, have like three pieces, really tailored suit and a tie. like, okay, that physically to sing, I don't want to wear a tie unless I have to. And I'd move around a lot. I'd do some dancing, little dancing. And it would just be conflict, constricting, I think. Right, right. So, but everything works differently for other people. Someone would, some people would love that, you know. But it's
0: interesting, though. But as you're talking about it, that's what I don't think people think about who watch us perform as much. They're thinking... What they would wear if they were—that's mm-hmm. her fantasy of what we're doing. Exactly. Because our great mutual friend, Alex yes. Spain, our matchmaker, He's so had said to me on a couple of things, "Well, I really liked you, this, or have you thought of doing, you know, wearing something like that?" And I said exactly the same thing, but for my reasons.
1: Right. Exactly. This is—it's that kind I would of love room. It. You know, I would love a yeah, Savile have- Row tailored, you know, spiffy suit and just stand there. I could. I mean, we could do that. We just have to make sure the collar is mud- a little. Yeah, loose, but yeah.
0: It, but but you're you're more relaxed in that exactly. open way, and. I'm really looking forward to you talking about the transition of having a character you're playing because mm. I've talked a bit i'm I'm not exactly the person I am on stage. I'm very close to that, but it's still Judy on stage, but it's a big difference for an actor because you have a character mm-hmm. when you're doing a movie or a play mm-hmm. and now it's you, you have a show and so you know, talk about that
1: you know and also well it's it's I know some friends that some actor friends that Are petrified and really can't, really do not want to do any kind of cabaret because there is no place to hide, and a lot of people get to hide in their characters, and that's fun. It really is fun. Um, It is very difficult to do a one-man show because it is you. You you can't fake it. There's no hiding. There's no fourth wall. You are totally, totally exposed, and um, some people don't like it. I thought I wouldn't like it. And I fell in love with it. And it was because of, of all things Katrina that this whole show came about. Uh, my friend Barbara Motley, who owned Le Chat Noir down here in New Orleans, called me and said, I want you to put together a one man show as a benefit for the displaced actors. And I said, Of course. And, and I realized I'd never done that before. <laughs> you know, I say this in, uh, in the show, in the middle of the first number. And I say, Explain. I called her back and she says, Just do it. And I did. And I had a blast. It was called Brian Bat Live at La Chat. I had so much fun. I did it again. It was called Brian Bat Back at La Chat. I had so much fun. I did a third time. It was called Brian Bat Same Old Shat.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Oh, that's funny. It that's was, funny. Know, and I, I, I,
1: doing a one-man show, you, you really do have to be able to fly by the seat of your pants and go with it. You can practice and, and rehearse as much as you want. But one of the main characters, and every actor, a stage actor will tell you this, that the audience is a character in the play. Well, you know, there's only two characters in this. It is <laughs> the actor and my, well, me and the audience. Yeah. And you never know what they're, how they're going to, you know, respond to certain things. Well, like you're playing off things. of them like you exactly, do another actor. Exactly. So you're really acting with them, for them. And Betty Buckley told me when I did, did it once, I, years ago, I was doing like a little cabaret thing, but it was a bunch of actors, you know, doing this benefit. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm finding, we were doing Sunset Boulevard on Broadway together and I was, I went on for the lead guy a lot with her and had a blast. Um, and she, talk about talk about giving as an actress. I mean, she's such a giving actress. Because my first night I went on, I was a little petrified. And it was her first week on. And I had to come back from vacation. I showed up at, you know, for my put-in with her because there were changes that she made between Glenn Close and herself. And she showed up with this huge bouquet of flowers. And walked up to me. And she goes, "You're going to be magnificent." No. Yeah, but she—it's like playing masters tennis. You're like all of a sudden, oh, you got to that. She served that one. You got to give it right back. So we Aww. had a blast. But um, what she told me was that you know what we're taught as stage actors don't do never make contact with the audience eye contact. You know unless it's you know a Brechtian piece where you are supposed to, or you break the fourth wall. But you know and don't play the back. You play to the people. You play you look and look them in the eye, and you are, you 're doing this solely for them and and you 're sharing your your yourself with someone and mm. some people it, 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 I really grew to love it mm. I, no I think I instantly loved it in the middle of the the first show, I just thought, "Oh my God, this is fun this is this is you know and when it was over, it was like i had, i don 't know climbed a mountain or something
0: yeah, and there 's a real lesson in a couple ways as you 're saying this i 'm thinking one. Sometimes it's good to say yes and not think about it mm. because I've done that. I'm sure you have too. I'm just sensing this from your oh, personality. Yes. I've had people call. I had this once that someone called and said, uh, do you have a big band? Which I don't. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, of course. <laughs> and they said, well, I'd really like to hire your your big band. And I said, great. And they said, well, let's talk more. I said, you know, I'm so sorry. I'm going in a meeting. I'll call you back. And I hung the phone up. I screamed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I thought, Okay, now I have a big band. Where am I going to get a big band? Time. And but it didn't give me time to be nervous, to think about it. How am I going to put it together? What am I going to do? And I think sometimes you can be surprised. Phyllis you were Newman. really surprised. Phyllis
1: Newman told me once. I was going into, I'd done Forbidden Broadway for a minute, or two, two versions of it, and learned so much. It was the most exhausting, wonderful show I've ever done. And I was going to the opening of the new version. I was not in it. She goes. Are you in it? And I said, no, no, Ms. Newman, I'm not in it. She goes, I'm not going. And she laughed. We thought that was funny. I said, well, I'm waiting. I'm thinking about taking this other job. And she goes, listen, one bit of advice. Say yes, ask questions later.
0: (laughs) And she's right. And
1: it's just a great, like you said, a metaphor for life. You know, say yes, ask questions later. Or say yes, and then try to make it work. Yeah. There are some things no. There is a power to no. There is a power to saying no. Um, But I am kind of a yes person.
0: Oh, no, me too. You know, it's funny. I'm even that way with people with favors. I've mm. noticed that I will say with certain people, and I'll say, I tend to not ask anybody anything that I think they wouldn't want to do anyway. Exactly. But if someone says, I've got to ask a friend, mm. says, Judy, I need to ask you a favor, I always say yes. Yes, of course. Because if they say, if can, it, can, can you it. loan me $2 million? And I say, well, actually, I don't have $2 million. <laughs> exactly. But at least I've shown some love. Right. There's an open... I got $2. It, being a yes person. <laughs> yes. Which I think is great. No. No, it's,
1: it's, you know, I'm very fortunate that way that I do wake up pretty happy.
4: Listen up all you New Yorkers, there's a rumor going round that some of you good people want to leave this town. No. Well, you better consult with me before you go. Yeah. Because I have been to those other places, and I know. Chicago. Chicago's all right. It's got Marshall Fields and Soldier Field, and it's on a nice lake. But it hasn't got the hansoms in the park. It hasn't got the skyline after dark. That's why New York's my home. Let me never leave it. New York's my home, sweet home. San Francisco. San Francisco is a fabulous place It's got lots of hills and lots of thrills And it's near an ocean of some size But it hasn't got the Harlem honky-tonks It hasn't got the Bowery or the Bronx That's why New York's my home It's my favorite city New York's my home sweet home Janet, where are you from?
2: St. Louis
4: Sorry? St. Louis. I heard you. I'm just sorry. A lot of people like St. Louis. It's got lots of shoes and the St. Louis blues. Uh, What do they pay you? By the note? And a major river runs by. But it hasn't got the opera in the Met It hasn't got the famous string quartet That's why New York's my home Not a place to visit New York's my home sweet home Hollywood! Hollywood! Hollywood's got movie stars And movie stars And cocktail bars And fancy cars And a very nice climate If you like fires, mudslides, and earthquakes So they say, but it hasn't got the handy subway train. You seldom find a taxi when it's pouring down rain. That's why New York's my home. Keep your California. New York's my home, sweet home. So take your time and trouble. Save your railroad fans.
2: time and trouble, save your railroad
4: fare, because when you leave New York City, City. City. man, you don't go anywhere. It is a city where a man can fulfill his dreams, the only town that's left that's got three baseball teams. Three. Two. Try one. Please, Mr. Steinbrenner. That's why New York's my home. It's my favorite city. New York's my home, sweet
0: Brian Bat with Heather McRae and Janet Metz on "New York's My Home."
2: New York's my home.
0: I'm Judy Carmichael. And this is Jazz Inspired. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Our show is made possible in part with generous support from Steinway & Sons and from East Hampton Indoor Tennis, eight indoor and 20 outdoor courts in a quiet, beautiful park-like setting. Visit ehit.ws for more information. For a schedule of upcoming programs, visit our website at jazzinspired.com. You can download podcasts of Jazz Inspired free on iTunes and email us at info at jazzinspired.com or visit us on Facebook and Twitter at Stride Queen. To find out more about my CDs and where I'm touring and to sign up for our email newsletter, visit judycarmichael.com. I asked actor Brian Bat how his interaction with different audiences or actors changes each time he's on stage.
1: The hard thing, the craft comes along trying to make it look like it's the first time you're doing it, even though it might be the 3,000th time you're doing it. That's where, that when you saw, I think someone's a great actor, you know, they've been in a long run, but it's just like the first night. Um, I've had the pleasure to work with some wonderful, wonderful people. And, you know, I believe in, in anything, you get what you give. You know um uh, there's so many wonderful actors i I did a movie with patrick stewart called jeffrey years ago i did the play and then the movie and i'll never forget i said patrick i just felt like i'd give you a little peck on the cheek right and i didn't want to he was oh try it of course do it whatever you want Mm, you know he was so nice what what a lovely he is we we still see once in a while see you know run into each other and in fact i just sat with him at the opening of the met with he and his wife and um He's just lovely, a very giving-giving actor and gentleman, and loves what he does. Mm. You
0: know See, I mean? well, that makes a difference too. If you're working with people who really love what they do,
1: you're, it comes across. It really it, it, comes know, across. life is too long. You know, I like to say you know it's long and it's wide. Everyone's to say it's short, but I think it's long oh, and no. wide. It's it's too long not to do what you love.
0: Absolutely. Oh like, no, I agree. At least
1: have that outlet somewhere. Mm, you know, because mm. who knows what what you know? Because I believe you know life is change. Who knows what I'm going to be doing next? But I do enjoy what I do. I really do.
4: Like the beat, beat, beat of the tom-tom as the jungle shadows fall. Like the tick, tick, tock of the stately clock as it stands against the wall. Like the drip, drip, drip of the raindrops when the summer showers through. So a voice within me keeps repeating You, you, you Night and day You are the one Only you beneath the moon And under the sun Whether near to me or far It's no matter, darling, where you are I think of you Night and day Night and day Why is it so That this longing for you Follows wherever I go In the roaring traffic's boom? the silence of my lonely room, I think of you night and day day and night under the height of me there's an oh, such a hungry yearning, burning inside of me and its torment won't be through till you let me spend Making love to you day and night Night and day In the roaring traffic's boom In the silence of my lonely room I think of you night and day, day and night, under the height of me, there's an old such a hungry yearning burning inside of me, and its torment won't be through, till you let me spend my life making love to you, day and night, night and day. And
0: night night and day talk about forbidden broadway because okay. we sort of we glossed over yeah. that and I'm a big fan. Oh. I love forbidden broadway. So talk about what that meant for you doing it Because you're hilarious, and a lot of people know you're more serious. serious Well, that's my favorite
1: thing, you know, because everyone wants, everyone tries to put everybody in a category.
0: Exactly.
1: Like, oh, and my favorite thing now is when people come to see the show. They go, "I didn't know you could sing." Well, I did nine Broadway musicals (laughs) and a bunch of off Broadway musicals, Um, but Forbidden Broadway was a big challenge. I remember seeing it when it first came out and thinking, "These people are amazing. How do they do this?" And then as I you know, I, I was doing a play with a uh, with a director who was friends with Gerard Alessandrini, and he said, "You know, I know Brian is a good actor and a good singer, and, and but he's I didn't know he was funny." And the director said, "You've got to see him." So I went in and and I was cast, and we had just a blast. We really it was it was one of those collaborative, another one of those epiphany moments on stage where I'm like, I can do this.
4: I, mm. I knew I could do it in
1: my living room, be silly at a party or whatever. Like, <laughs> but, because I, I remember from my callback, I think I did Carol Channing, Mandy Patinkin, I can't remember who else, doing um, five 3,000, from Rent, Seasons of Love. or Was it Seasons of Hype? I can't remember which one I came up I think I ended up using something that I said um, in one of the you know, because a lot it is collaborative. Gerard is a brilliant lyricist, and I remember Gerard coming up with an idea, and writing it like instantly, and handing it to me. And then we rehearsed it, and and then I did it the next night. I think it was the next night, and it was this crazy patter song that I literally, I would walk to work and I would run it. I would, I would like I had to do it at least three yeah. times without stopping or messing up before I would even go into the theater. Yeah, and then at intermission I'd do it again Whew. just before I go on just to make sure because the pattern was it was so fast. And then always, you know, to how do we end the number fall down. <laughs> so I was like do a prat <laughs> ball. I Just throw myself on the floor. Yeah.
0: Talk about Moby Dick.
1: Okay, I wish I had not brought this up the other day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I love
0: it. No, I'm kidding. I love it. Yeah, I was so My agent funny. called
1: and said, Cameron McIntosh's office just called, and Cameron w- wants you for the lead in this new workshop of this musical. I went, oh, my God, because he'd just seen me in Forbidden Broadway, and we went out, we went out with the cast. Cameron strength, McIntosh. And it's like, Cameron McIntosh. I, mean, you know, I did Cats and, 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 and uh, whatever, the other shows. Um, and, you know, he's this iconic brilliant producer and um, I said well what's the show and my agent said Moby Dick the musical and I went is there a part for a whale I mean you know so, so as it all turned out the, the piece takes place in an all girls school and I had to play the headmistress, and then she in turn has to play Captain Ahab in this musical version that they're putting on, so it was it was kind of crazy. We did all the workshops and the and the recording of it, but I, I was like, I don't. I, but before I knew it was you know a pastiche. Before I knew it was uh, you know a comedy. I was walking, you know, down. I was like, well, I I, I, I could play Captain Ahab. I do that. <laughs> and I'd look at my face, you know, pass a window of a store and, and look at like be... you know, i you know, and, you know, little but did again, I
0: know. again, I think that's what's so funny about accepting something. And also it's interesting how other people see you. Now, it's an obvious thing for an actor because yeah. you'll get cast and they'll see you as something else. Oh, yeah. But again, I think it's a great metaphor for life because I've had people say to me, well, have you ever thought of trying... Fill in the blank, and yeah. I'm thinking, well, no, actually. And uh-huh. they say, well, it's so obvious. And I'm thinking, it's obvious. Yeah, I've never thought of it.
1: Exactly. How could it be obvious if I didn't think of it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But it was it was one of these things that I had so much fun. And in fact, at, at one of the presentations, Andrea Martin was there because she was doing, um, I think it was when she was doing Oklahoma, and she came up to me afterwards. And I'm, I'm, I've always been a huge fan of hers, and she just raved and she. Went up to Cameron dragging me. She goes, you've got to do this show for this man. (laughs) She's so sweet. And then I just recently saw her in Pippin, and she was just astounding.
0: One of the great rooms that Mm. we all miss, Rainbow and Stars. Talk about your show there. Well,
1: a friend of mine, Jim Hyman, and and, and Ray um, put together uh, this wonderful review called I Love New York one summer. And it was me, um, uh, Janet Metz, Heather McRae, and Louis Cleal. And we, um, it was just heaven. All I can say, you know, the backdrop, our set was the skyline of Manhattan. And I don't know if people, if you haven't been or didn't get to go to the Rainbow Room in its heyday, it was like you, Fred Astaire could just walk out at any moment and start dancing on that dance floor. There was a series of rooms. There was a great little bar. There was the cabaret space area. There was the dining room with a revolving dance floor. And it was all, the whole show was songs about New York. So I got to sing uh, New York State of Mind, On the Streets of New York, um, New York's My Home, and then we would all we'd do you know, duets and, and, and me- uh, great arrangements of, you know, great songs. Um, but my favorite thing about that gig was, well, A, that on between the two shows on Friday and Saturday would feed us. So we'd get this great meal between shows. And the cocktails. And then... Um, <laughs> But my favorite thing... <laughs> In those great glasses. In the great glasses. And, great gla- and my, my favorite thing was Janet Metz and I would time it because we had to make an entrance. We had to go out one side through the bar into the main dining room on the dance floor while the band was playing, then make another entrance. So we would time it so we could dance, so we would have a dance on the dance floor before we would make our next entrance. You know? And we just had a blast. It was one of those wonderful experiences that you, know, you rarely, rarely get. And I still sing the same arrangement of New York State of Mind in my show.
4: Some folks like to get away Take a holiday from the neighborhood Have a flight to Miami Beach Or to Hollywood I'm taking a greyhound On that Hudson River line I'm in a New York state of mind I've seen all the movie stars In their fancy cars and their limousines I've been high in the Rockies Under the evergreen I know what I've needed And I don't want to waste any more time I'm in a New York state of mind It was so easy living day by day Out of touch with the rhythm and Now I need a little give and take The New York Times, the Daily News It comes down to reality, well that's fine with me Cause I have not let it slide I don't care if it's in Chinatown or I'm on Riverside I don't have any reasons, cause I have let them all be. High. I am in a New York state of
0: mind. Brian Bat on New York state of mind. I'm Judy Carmichael and this is Jazz Inspired. I want to ask you about just growing up here a bit because everybody has their own image of New Orleans and you talked a bit about it with your family and yes. I think like everything. I wrote everything, about it a
1: lot in my book She Ain't Heavy, She's My Mother. Yeah which talk I want, about that I Ta- talk to call, about your book. Well I wanted to call it a mom war but <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I wasn't allowed because something without the, how they sell them you know it has to be in a certain category Yeah it's, it's but very, talk about that then. Well, you know it was the, I, I do describe how I grew up it was very interesting. My family was a very interesting family. My grandfather started Pontchartrain Beach which was a beloved amusement park here he started in the, the right before the Depression
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: it closed in '83, so it was this institution here. Elvis Presley played there. No. Um, all these great bands would play on the and the bandstand during the summers, and it was a wow. beautiful Deco, you know, amusement park. And um, that really is what I wanted to do. I wanted to, to take run over that the amused. family yeah. business. Yeah. Uh, but by that time, that kind of entertainment was on a down. Mm-hmm. You know, with all the big theme parks, you know, they were right. not allowed. We were not. There was no more land for Punta Beach to expand. And so, and my father's health was failing. So it was a good thing time for them to sell. Um, and also, like I said, my grandmother was this dance maiden. So I had show business in me growing up. But we grew up, there was a lot of music. And especially, you know, here when you go to the French Quarter, you know, on Bourbon Street, it used to be jazz. It is not, unfortunately, now anymore. But to hear, you know, good jazz, you, you, you go to different clubs on like Frenchmen and all over the place. Uh, but um, I had family that lived in the French Quarter and would, Quite often be down there, and we were right down the street, and you just just on the street corners you were here. But also, you'd go out. We would go to a fancy brunch. And you, did you know brunch was invented here?
0: I didn't. Yes,
1: it's the Brennan family that started brunch. When I approximately? I want to say like in the 40s or 50s. I have I to double didn't. check this, but I'm pretty sure because it used to be. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, well, I didn't brunch, know that. Was, they, uh, jazz the, brunch maybe a jazz brunch. Yeah, but, but every time as a child, I remember going to jazz brunch and. He, hearing the jazz combo whoever we playing and they'd play you know it, it Muscat Ramble. they'd play Basin Street Blues and you know my mother would always give me some money to like request a song you know and, and I was and I got so shy and I said what do I request and she goes whatever you'd like to hear you know and, and so I had you know I, I remember I, I think I asked when the saints go marching uh-huh, around, you know of course uh-huh. and then, then I got on to do you know what it means to miss New Orleans mm-hmm. or, or uh, and that's the only time you can say New Orleans is when is oh, when, when you're saying rhymes. that, to, oh, that's
0: yeah. funny, yeah, yeah.
1: That's and um, I think that's what started. because we always at any kind of event, in you know, in, would have there would be some jazz, it'd be like a oh, little well, jazz combo, Dixieland, mm-hmm, you know, traditional mm-hmm. jazz. Um, but you know, then but growing up here, I was also you know, being I was so show busy that mm-hmm. would, the Broadway was like all the, I would listen to the Broadway albums. Mm -hmm. But I remember discovering, you know, those wonderful verve recordings of Ella and just my mind just I remember that 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 moment I wasn't the same. That and Louis Prima.
0: I love Louis Prima. When my friend Gordon
1: introduced me to Louis Prima and I thought, oh my hell, this is it. This is And those are
0: two big energy people. I mean how did you sort of your head explodes? Yeah. Yeah. And and
1: then also like him paired Louis paired with Keely that she was this calming thing and then he's, you know, crazy around her. there's not been a show about him that, that's been really a hit or not done something on unprobably, but his music was so great. His arrangements were so much fun. I've
2: got you under
3: my skin I've got you, oh, deep in the heart of me
2: So deep in my heart
4: Baby, under my skin I tried
2: so not to give in I said to myself, this ain't fair I never could go so well But why should I try to resist When Luigi I know so well
4: Little look my skin,
3: I'd sacrifice anything, come what might, for the sake of having you near. In spite
4: of the warning voice that comes in the night and repeats and repeats in my ear,
2: don't you know, little fool, you never can win. Use your mentality. got
4: you under
1: my skin. And Ella said, just all that, that Gershwin songbook, or the Porter songbook, or, yeah, you name it. I just, I, for years, still to this day. In fact, I just did my one-man show as a benefit down here for Liberty Theatre and for the Forum for Equality. And the uh, sound designer said, Well, do you want any pre-show music? And I said, Of course, Ella sings Gershwin. Mm-hmm.
3: The odds were a hundred to one against me The world thought the heights were too high to climb But people from Missouri never incensed me Oh, I wasn't a bit concerned For from history I had learned How many, many times the worm had turned They all laughed at Christopher Columbus when he said the world was round They all laughed when Edison recorded sound They all laughed Wilbur and his brother when they said that man could fly They told Marconi wireless was a phony It's the same old cry They laughed at me, warning you, said I was reaching for the moon But oh Could be happy, they laughed at us and how. But ho, oh, oh, ho, oh, ho, who's got the last laugh now?
0: They all laughed at Rockefeller. My guest, Brian Bat believes one should embrace a wide range of experiences and not fall into a narrow view of things.
1: I'm an and person, not an or person. Mm. I believe life is an and proposition, mm-hmm. not an or proposition. That you can like so many different things. But, you know, like with what I do, I'm, I'm an actor, and I'm, I'm a retailer designer with our store Hazelnut. I'm a writer. And, you know, everyone else is going to try to put you in a category. Don't do it to yourself, you know?
0: That's lovely. That's lovely. You know, I it, like that. No, it's, that's it's the great. World, the, world
1: will, the world will try to tell you no. Yeah. A lot of times they'll try to tell you no. And, if you tell yourself no, you're going to get nowhere.
0: Well, and I think it's that that lack of a creative mind, and mm-hmm. it's easier to deal with somebody who isn't being creative. It's like here's a multiple choice; mm-hmm. it's one of these answers. Right. You and I know that there's the five, the fifth answer, the sixth answer, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's a, it's a better way to live. I Mm -hmm. think it's more open to things. So talk about specifically about your show, because you're going to be at Crazy Cox. And we should talk a little bit about this beautiful room, because you and I both know as Americans Mm -hmm. that a lot of these rooms have disappeared. Oh, yeah. And they're the fact, I think, because the cover isn't too huge, that you do get younger people. I mean, the manager's 20 years old. Yes, he's amazing. uh, I mean, he's an unusual man. Uh, Alex. In May. a good way. <laughs> in a good way. That's what I mean. Yeah, it's yeah. really incredible that you've got it. But but the room, and talk about your show intimate. because you're going to be doing that I'm doing show, the show. I um, in Australia as you do a yes. tour. We just referenced it, but I want to specifically well, talk you know, about what you're going it's, to do.
1: It's really, I call it a mixed bag of nuts. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's basically, a, 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 there's nothing about Tennessee Williams. It's just a joke. A bat on a hot tin roof has nothing to do with Tennessee Williams. <laughs> but it's really songs that I've loved, songs that have spoken to me. And there is a story woven through. Of, mm-hmm. It's kind of autobiographical, but I don't take myself too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a great mix of songs. There's a Billy Joel song. There's a, there's a, a Cole Porter song. There's, and there's some songs that people have never heard. The, the, there's some funny you know, songs that maybe the theater world might know a few in people in the theater mm-hmm, world, but mm-hmm. the general public and they're hysterical funny, if I do say so myself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, there's some, there's very few show tunes. You know. Oh, interesting. So, some of it's pop. There's a, uh, there's, I do Downtown <laughs> by Petula Clark. and You know, Fun. There's, so it's just a complete eclectic mix, uh-huh. which I believe, you know, a lot of people are. I, you know, I've, I've gone to other shows and I've seen people, you know, they'll sing the Arlen book or, and that, that's great, you know, and, and it'd almost be like a little history lesson on Harold Arlen or something. Right. But it that's can get too me. precious. That's to just you. not me. You yeah. know, it's, it's, I, my tongue is firmly planted in cheek. And there's some very serious moments and Mm -hmm. very touching moments, but I I will say this, I'm never tired of doing it. Mm. And it's been, the first one was in November of 2005.
3: Mm.
1: Now it's changed, of course, Mm -hmm. it's morphed and morphed, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I have not tired of, of doing it.
0: And have you put this together? Do you have a director, or a writer? Have, what are you doing? My
1: partner, Tom, we just uh-huh. celebrated our 25th anniversary. Oh, he happy helped, anniversary. Thank you. He helped put this together and direct. He's a wonderful, although he really manages our shop and, mm-hmm. um, and does everything with the business mm-hmm. here. He also is a very talented actor mm-hmm. and director. He is, mm. I've, we've seen so many Broadway shows that kind of worked or didn't work, and he'll say, you know, if they only did this, this, and this, I went, Oh my God, you're right. You're yeah, when so someone can right. put their finger on it, it's he really interesting. Can, yeah, you know, and he's, and he's not, we just, you know, it was one of these things, that we just saw a beautiful show on Broadway. I don't know if you have the chance to see Bridges of Madison County. Oh, I haven't so, seen is it. Is it good? It's, it's wonderful. Uh-huh. It's a great score. But he that, he just said, look what they did with the direction and the lighting. It's just so simple and smart. Mm. But he is, he is that. Like, he's very simple and smart. He goes, less talking, you know, <laughs> less talking. Yeah, less is more. Less is more. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's hard to direct yourself, you know? you know you don't you don't want to get to the point where the audience is going you know God, shut up. well what no and saying? especially
0: because this is still relatively new for mm-hmm. you yes if you think about it I, mm-hmm. I mean I think about the choices I've made but I have been doing essentially a one woman show I've had a band or whatever but in, right. it's still me on stage I've thought about that for a long time yeah. what's work making it shorter, or whatever and I want
1: to do a new one he said you know it's time to Let's mm-hmm. let's put something else together, mm-hmm. so you have like a repertoire. We can do this show or that show or whatever, you know.
0: Right, but you're doing some new things from because you were at Crazy yes. Fox last yes. year. Yes. so you've few, added different, different tunes and yeah. things like but that. It's
1: basically the same show. They asked for the same show.
0: Oh, that's yes. fantastic. Yes, that's and what do you find, or do you find a difference with uh, the audience in Europe that you do in America? People always ask me, so I finally you know, get to ask someone um, else.
1: It depends in. Uh, I've I played Australia before in Sydney, they were very into it, and like would talk back
0: oh, that's interesting, you right? know or, yeah. or
1: say things you mm-hmm. know oh well, comment, mm-hmm. you know, which oof that throws me <laughs> Yeah,
0: well, because you're timing
1: and um, it, it, there is a I think there is the people who go to cabaret mm. usually are, you know, they, they, they are the people that would go to the theater. You know, mm-hmm, there are people mm-hmm. that would go to concerts. They would go. So the audiences are, are very well behaved. You know what I mean? For the most right, part. And, right. And, and more. Um, but I love it. There's a couple of moments in the show where they really just lose it and laugh because there's a couple of unexpected fun twists. Mm-hmm. And it works every time because it's just, it, it is just human nature and it's just funny. You know, and they lose it because it's the most unexpected thing comes out of my
0: mouth. But in general, you would think think are the audiences kind of the same? Yeah, it's
1: very interesting, you know, because when I played, you know, did it in New York, you Mm. know, I I talked about how this came out of Katrina and it was right after Sandy, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was like we all you can tweak and and find a common ground with whatever with your audience, Mm -hmm, and I mm -hmm. I change it accordingly, which is great. Which
0: I think you have to, yeah, to actually. At least for me, I know I want to feel present exactly. in the spot. I want to think, I'm in London, mm-hmm. I'm at Crazy Cox, right. there are a bunch of Brits out there, yes. I'm thinking differently. But
1: they, and you know, they're extremely responsive, mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. And, 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 and focused. Yeah. They're a focused audience. That's a very hip room. I mean, it in terms is, of the people that yeah. come, a
0: lot of theater people, and you're you know, right there in Piccadilly and things. Yeah. Interesting thing for, as a jazz musician that's different is. In America, or anybody who has a jazz sensibility, they applaud after your chorus, Mm -hmm. and that's something, and it gives back, and it's interesting, I've noticed, because for us, there's, it's a timing thing, Mm -hmm. because you, okay, now it's your moment, you jump up, like if you jumped out and did the dance, now you do your two choruses, Mm -hmm. you're really spent, you you flashed out, and everybody applauds, and... You're fed back in, it calms things down, and then the next person person. jumps in. It's all part of the rhythm of the tune. Right. Uh, uh, Some of the sensibility in England is not to applaud. Now, I've been told by different Brits that they don't want to miss any of it. Mm. So they don't want to Mm. applaud and miss anything, but what they don't realize is that jazz musicians very often, they're sort of vamping the next person taking his chorus until the applause is over. Then they jump in. So for us... It throws off our timing a little yeah. because you—not that you're expecting a pause, but you're hoping. Hoping, yeah. Hello. <laughs> and that has been something to get used to. But what I've done uh, in little rooms like Crazy Cox is, I will actually point at my guitar player or something oh. after he's taken a course, yeah. and they all go crazy. Yes. So it's like they've been given permission. Yes.
1: Yes. Um, well I, that's different you know because in jazz yeah. like i notice I've noticed that when I go to Preservation Hall, which is you know the rotating it's just I love it it it's although there's a lot of similarities, that is one of the difference because mm-hmm. you know if, I, maybe one time in the middle of a song they 'll applaud for something, but i, I don't want them to <laughs> well
0: no, you don't i mean yeah. and i don't if I yeah. it depends on what it is right it yes. is and it, but it is a timing thing, sort of it getting is. used yes. to that and everything, so that and then Australia mm-hmm. and you're still auditioning I'm all the still, time. Um, Talk about I, that. I mean, what is what your you, schedule like, what? just in general? Because I think that most people think that actors are just all the time going to this or that. You're living in New Orleans I am now. This in is New full yeah. time. I
1: just got back from New York doing a big benefit, um, Broadway backwards. where the, mm-hmm. it, it, It's a big at, at the show where one of the wonderful show, Kinky Boots, is mm-hmm. the Hirschfeld Theater. And I, I did the guy sing the girl songs and the girl sings the guy songs. It's really fun. I did. I can hear the bells from hairspray with this huge production number. I thought. I said, please just let me do it in front of a microphone. You going to, you know, drop in the microphone and go. Nope. Huge number and it was the opening number. It was fun. We had, I was a nervous wreck, but I had a <laughs> um, But I go back and forth. And and what's great about the film industry and television these days, is that a lot, most of the filming does not take place. In New York and lA anymore it's all over the place, and a lot is being done here mm. in Louisiana and New Orleans because the tax credits are fantastic. Mm-hmm. So uh, my, I, I when also with technology, I can put myself on tape, you know here. And submit it, you know, over the internet through and I've been casting an, movies and stuff like that. And through. what do they do?
0: They say oh, they we want, want you to read for this part Part,
1: and they send the script and then I set it up and Tom or somebody will read all the other part, like like they do in a casting office. Really? Well, because when it boils down to it, a lot of these times, you know, they, they tape you at the casting office anyway and then To the, see how
0: it's gonna look on film anyway and how Exactly. It, how interesting. So, so now worth, they already see what you look on film. They already see. So
1: you and you also the good thing about it is you control it. You don't just get one take, or you only get maybe a, a two takes.
0: And is this common?
1: Yeah, this a is lot, how people, yeah. are so are people are doing are it. So actors just I know people that have gotten jobs on Skype. Major, major, major motion pictures. Yeah
0: interesting yeah so there isn't even that thing of getting to meet because i've talked to different casting agents i know they they want to sit with you and meet well,
1: yes and no but i mean they've seen me in other things a lot of casting agents yeah, have this cast point me with before you, yeah. well no i'm still i'm still not to that place where I mean, there've been a few offers just you know i mm-hmm. love that you know when, yeah, when there's an offer to, right. where you don't have to go and you know shake Ta-da, it for the yeah, yeah. um but that's the interesting it really is, is and then if
0: they like the film then they can meet you right and see if you're hitting and, it off, or
1: do it again could you, you know, think about this or give you direction and one, one movie I did do it hasn't come out yet on the last of Robin Hood uh-huh. I did Skype it and they directed me while I was you know talking to them you know over the over the, uh, over the internet that's
0: ah. fascinating. So you, Well, that's convenient. Yes. Talk about being in your well, own so you house. To, you know,
1: and also there's, you know, granted, I mean, I'm, I'm nowhere on this level, but, you know, John Goodman lives here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Brad and Angelina have a house yeah. here. And, and um, you know, a lot of people, you know, love yeah. living here. And it's, and I do too. But, you know, I'll, I'll go to New York, of course, to do another show mm. or, or L.A. anytime. You know, but most, I, I bump into more actors at the New Orleans airport. Than no, it's not funny. I know, no,
0: and I'm always seeing people in other play. Airports are a great place to bump into your friends. Yeah. I mean, because
1: you'll you, you have a limited, underneath. you know, you could say, "I really got to go catch my plane."
0: <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Well, we bumped into each other, and I cannot believe yes. that you were here at the know, same time that I am. I
1: know we've got to have you back here to play. To play, play someplace in 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 this city. Well, I'll work on that.
0: All right, <laughs> and so we've got more time to hang out. This is absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for Thank doing you, this. Judy.
1: They had a blast You've
0: been listening to Film and stage actor and designer Brian Batt I hope you'll join me here next time When I talk with another creative person About how jazz has inspired their life and work I'm Judy Carmichael The host and producer of Jazz Inspired My production engineer Is Curtis Heidolf You can download podcasts of Jazz Inspired From iTunes or at TalkShoe.com our opening music was airmail special, and the mid-break music is a smooth one from my CD, High on Fats and Other Stuff. The closing music is Old Fashioned Love from my CD, Trio. I'm on piano with my Cashamon sax and Chris on guitar. For a schedule of upcoming programs, to sign up for our email newsletter, or to find out how you can personally support Jazz Inspired, visit our website at jazzinspired.com. You can email us at info@jazzinspired.com at or visit us on Facebook and Twitter at Stride Queen. Judy Carmichael's Jazz Inspired is made possible with generous support from our listeners and from Steinway and Sons and Sag Harbor Forest. Visit sagharborforest.net. Additional support is provided by the American Hotel in Sag Harbor, New York. Learn more at theAmericanHotel.com. And Jazz Times Magazine, providing entertaining and provocative coverage of the jazz scene since 1970. On the web at jazztimes.com. Thanks to our webmaster, Megan Lewis, and to Jamie Roach for additional production assistance. And very special thanks to Alex Fain for introducing me to Brian Bat, and for all he does to support and promote music and musicians. We love you, Alex.